Welcome to uh, The Bites, episode three. Yep. Um, today we're going to talk about um, AR in the retail space and sort of, I don't know, what, what we're going to discuss. Yeah, I wanted to uh, jump jump in front of the mics today. I went to a conference conference last last week about AR, VR and kind of like mixed, mixed reality in the retail space and how it can kind of be implemented in that way of adding value to the retail industry. Um, so, just a general general overview. Okay. Have you guys used any anything any of this tech in the retail space for yourself? Uh, I haven't. No, um, no. There's no. been no real live examples that I've seen. What uh, about you? Consumer Ross? friendly ones, anyway. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I did see something a while back, which was a virtual assistant to greet you as you like walked into a shop i think you were there steve as well it was in uh texas. Been memorable texas and it was quite freaky because it was like it was almost like hologram style oh yeah, yeah. uh and everyone you know it was a big talking point because everyone was pretty freaked out by it it was you couldn't really tell it wasn't real because from like face on because it was a real person projected yep. that's crazy in, in this high definition yeah. uh and yeah, they looked real until like you went around the side and it was like, oh wow, that's not real. Um, that's the only example I've seen. So I, was was the use case to to um, intro you into the store? Yeah, so that was kind of like a welcome to the store. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, and I think you could uh, have a conversation and be like, where would I find this? And it, it would be a bit of a chatbot style where it just replied canned answers to be like, you can go second floor for this. Mm. Seems like some high tech high tech yeah. stuff in that store. Um, for the obviously the famous slightly famous ikea ar app which made big news mm-hmm. we could have had a good use fa- case for that for our new office space yep. unfortunately we were a bit a couple of weeks early before the launch of that yeah you know so. uh, when you first answered asked that question i didn't even think about that because i was thinking of in the store being in a physical, physical store oh interesting um yeah interesting so if i were to ask about that generally yeah, yeah. I mean, I've used the IKEA app um, mm-hmm. in, I guess, a real-world example as well for my living room. Yeah, uh, yeah it's quite good. Already getting use case, like good value out of it. Good value past the wow. Yep. Have a look at this. Did yep. you did you convert? Uh, no, it was it was mainly to test out something before I went to the store. Okay, all right. But um, so technically, you did convert, just not on the app. Yep. Yeah, true. That's impressive. How do they track that? They can't. That's that's they, that's bad, isn't it? It's not bad. Yeah, if they it's can probably they can probably track your store visit. Yeah, depends what if you gave it. Do you reckon they have something like beacons tracked to their their app to detect that? Possibly, possibly something like that. Seems like something they'll do. Wouldn't be a bad idea, would it? No. To track. Um. So yeah, at my conference last week, there was a lot of talk about how these kind of mixed mixed reality. And uh, technology in general is being used at the moment, and I found that a lot of it revolves around brand experiences and kind of brand activations. So in a shopping center, you know, having having a stand, and maybe that's I don't know, top man doing a virtual reality wardrobe. For example, a lot of the stuff at this conference was to do with that, which I find interesting. So physical, physical stores, yeah, and being inside them and and using AR whilst you're inside them, 
as an example, or even just using VR to show a film okay. and putting the top man name on it, you know. And I, I questioned how much value the kind of that technology, the augmented reality or virtual reality, is actually delivering to the user, mm. and is it just a novelty thing that these brands are currently going for now? Mm. I guess it's just like an idea phase. It's still idea phase at the moment. It's a new technology, yeah. and it, I guess it's like the the birth of the apps where everyone was sort of thinking of different problems to solve. And now that applies to the, the retail space. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure there's going to be lots yeah. of different bad ideas and 10% yeah, yeah. of good ideas. Yeah, so brands are kind of saying to themselves, oh, we need a we need a virtual reality experience. But do they? And is it mm. just, just kind of a gimmicky? What do you think, Ross? Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is down to PR. I mean, Ikea obviously got a hell of a lot of PR yeah, yeah, off the back sure. of, of their venture but is that because if it was a good scenario and where it fitted mm -hmm. you know if as you say like a high street fashion chain yeah, if they did something similar maybe video. they wouldn't get the same press um i what's quite interesting as well is people like the non-generic kind of implementation so for instance uh an app called tv plan which lets you just see like what tv would look like on your wall um you know, brand generic, just like choose yeah. a 40 inch TV, what would it look like on your wall? Um, that's a really good use case again. And that quite yeah, got quite sure. a lot of PR, I think got picked up on like Product Hunt. Um, and again, you know, that doesn't rely on being in a particular store or anything, so, but it can still, you know, if, if Samsung came out with that or LG came out with that, they'd probably get some good traction out of it because it's a good use case. Yeah, for sure. And these, these brands are, are being creative in the ways that they can deliver value to customers through this technology as opposed to a lot of the bigger brands probably just slapping their label to show that they're like technical yep when in reality it's it's a new way to market your business mm. really to jump on these things straight away it's good pr yeah um and i guess that there's a reason to do it because of that for mm -hmm. them to get but actual u useful use cases i don't know yeah and it's interesting to to see kind of you were talking about conversions earlier with IKEA. A stat was mentioned at this conference. I'm not sure. Not sure in what what case this is this is uh, true, but it said one percent, only one percent of online. It might have been one percent of transactions generally happen online on mobile. Sorry. One percent. One percent. I don't believe. I that. was told that. Don't believe on that. On mobile. No. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> what do you think, Ross? It completely depends. If it's globally, I mean, like yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Globally, I'd believe no. it globally. Oh, no, I don't even. I don't no, believe it globally. in like all the world transactions. I think he's pulling your leg. Even then, why, why, what was this? Why did he say that? What was the context of it? Um, I can't recall the exact context. Okay. I was just blown away by mm. the figure. It depends on the sector. If there was a particular sector like fashion, yeah. maybe. Because obviously they're sometimes high value, so oh, yeah. high value so would e -commerce. be e-commerce. Yeah, e-commerce. Like, yeah. But then think of all the delivery apps. Hmm. Think of all the transactions going on, ordering your food and things like that. Yeah, oh. controversial. Maybe it's talking about a specific industry or sector. You need to back up that fact. That's what that's what I'm thinking. But uh, I was going to bring up AR is not a new concept. What's quite interesting as well is that it's been around for a good number of years. And no one's really taken that much notice. Some people have. So that we've worked with a couple of clients that have utilized it in their products. 
mm-hmm. um, to provide better experiences, immersive experiences, um, interactive experiences as well. But it's only really in, since iOS has brought out ARKit, it's really gone into like forefront of the press yeah. and tech blogs. And do you think that's just because of the the capability of ARKit and its kind of improved accuracy in compared to to older technologies, maybe? Yeah, definitely. So ARKit and um, whatever the Android equivalent is, which I forget, is are both built built on top of C library, which has become really prominent and really good lately mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of years. So yeah, the fact that it's leveraging newer technology to make it even better, I guess, is probably helping it. Um, that and and the the fact that you know obviously Apple's adoption of any technology is always turning heads. Yeah. So the fact that companies are then doing that as well just drives up the adoption, drives up people's uh, perception of it and are more willing to participate in it. Yeah, mm. and it gets it into a lot more developers' hands, and a lot of a lot of developers will make you know kind of use just kind of showcase apps, and from that they then they can start thinking how can we really deliver deliver value through this yeah google's one is ar core ar core yeah um yeah i'm interested in in google's in google's one how is it doing in compared to the ar kit is it is it launched yet on the pixel not launched yet i think it's still in i don't know if it's even reached beta stage to be honest i don't know if it's open to developers um yeah it's it's still in the works they've shown some demos of it and it looks really good but yeah it's in a preview Mm-hmm. Okay. They're definitely they're definitely pushing the scene though. Of course, they one they have to, but you know, to iOS, Android, the whole. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like Ross says, it's not it's nothing new. There's there's been yeah um, other providers who have done this really well, like Wikitude and Vforia, and they've done object tracking and they've done everything that really ARKit does, but it's just never hit the masses in have terms of uses. So they. That wasn't capable before with the iPhone camera. I think it w- it was, but maybe it wasn't so smooth. But it wasn't as easy to apply. But it was possible. Yeah, definitely possible. Uh, it's just down to. I mean, obviously the cameras now are better because they've got better three D uh, depth sensor censoring, um, and so it makes it a lot more accurate. But mm. before, I mean, that's only to do with object tracking, which is kind of only a small portion of AR. Like mm-hmm. augmented reality is just about merging reality and virtual content so a lot of the times we would just be playing um like video on top of a predefined marker that's ar Mm. but it just doesn't require like the 3d depth tracking or anything like that it's just analyzing images and playing content on the top on the top of it do you think that um sort of ar kit and uh, ar core are putting euphoria and wikitude sort of out of business a little bit now do you think it's going to be because of the added extra competition and the seamlessness of not having to pay a license fee? Um, I think for the kind of entry-level stuff, um, that can be done in-house. But it's also, I, f- I would like to see, and I think the only way for them to kind of survive is, is it's all about the content now. So we've also seen this, where we want to we produce certain experiences or specific content, and we can't because we're not, none of us are modelers, no, none of us do 3D content. So they could thrive on that and they've obviously got the expertise to kind of provide people with cool content and, you know, affordable content. Mm-hmm. And then that should still drive up the adoption for those platforms. Yeah, yeah and as we saw, we saw yesterday or the day before, Google's 
kind of pushing their content and assets. I've got a bit of phone troubles there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Google are kind of flooding the market with 3D assets and they've kind of made a platform yep. for people to easily model assets and then upload them. Same or with or Amazon. Like yeah. We saw that yeah. yesterday. So it seems like they're trying to trying to get as much of a pie as possible. Yeah, and we've been playing with the Microsoft one as well. Um, version of... Well, I guess that's a bit different in terms of image recognition. Yeah, that's that's uh, machine learning. Machine learning. Which oh, is a very different ball game. Very different. That's a different podcast. <laughs> okay. Tune in next time. Um, okay. So, so it's, yeah, did, it's did you get any kind of sparks of ideas from going to this event? You know, I was really thinking the whole time um, about solid, you know, user use cases that can really add value to the retail the retail experience especially the kind of offline and it's it's what the event was kind of proposed for it's kind of what i signed up for you know to go there learn how how uh, companies are doing this unfortunately a lot of it was as i said kind of brand brand awareness brand activation kind of stuff and with little about how we can really use these these technologies mm. in retail uh, to transact almost or to to get users into the store. Um, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I saw on uh, you posted an Instagram story on uh, at Airbot UK. Um, Plug. Sort of. Calm down. Uh, about <laughs> Pikachu. So you had a Pikachu on running on a wall. Yep. What was that about? That was a that was an interesting concept that I haven't actually seen before in a store. Not I can recall. So it was a it was a fan spinning. Obviously, as fans do, spin. Um, and it had a kind of 3D projection. It wasn't even a 3D projection, I believe. It was just a projection playing a 3D video. Right. Okay. And the the fan kind of blacked out, uh, removed the background of the video to kind of make the product in the video appear as if it was was a uh, like hologram yep. or like floating. Yep. Uh, so that kind of use cases for shop windows, okay. which I found is cool. And could you visually see it on the shop window? Will it be visible in all daylights, sort of? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was daylight and it was it was well lit. Yeah, thought it was cool. I think it was quite expensive. I can't remember the exact price, but I could definitely see some retailers adopting that. I mean, that they could start listing prices dynamically if they have some digital service projecting on Windows. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and the content can always change rather than having to do the printouts to the marketing material and stuff like that. That's interesting. Yeah, and. Um, I mean, I'm surprised that the UK hasn't undertaken that already. Yeah. You go to European countries, all their prices are digital. Yep. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I saw uh, a news article not too long ago about um, supermarkets introducing time-based uh, pricing on things. So that would obviously be need displays would be needed for that. Okay. So you can get kind of reduced prices at the end of the day, but also uh, peak prices. So at lunchtime, actually, like sandwiches would be more expensive. So, so why isn't, like, UK specifically... It's always printed. It's always yeah, printed it's labels. Bizarre. I mean, what's that about? Uh, I don't have is a reason. It, is, oh, you well, think it's the is it the supermarket's not like, adopting it? Do they think there's a better alternative? Yeah, it's true. Maybe there's a gap in the market there in the UK. I'm sure they think retail. about it. I it mean, must be the cost of it. I mean, some obviously some supermarkets would spread to Europe. Maybe their European markets would have digital. Yeah, so but it means, you know, th how Amazon do all these nifty tricks with their pricing. Mm. They lower, they lower one item to make it a great deal, yep. but um, increase the price on a huge number of other products by minimal yep. minimal margins to kind of make back that money. Yeah. 
stores could be doing things like that. Yeah. Um, so mean, it just gives them that flexibility and di- able to be dynamic with their prices. I don't see why they wouldn't adopt that, that, that pricing. Can you imagine, um, say, if, like someone dynamic pricing for an individual? So say if um, that's interesting. I don't know. For example, you wanted to lose weight, so you tell the supermarket I want to lose weight. So you go to the supermarket, and then if there's a a larger person looking at like waffles <laughs> or like pancakes, the price would increase. Someone looking to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. someone looking to lose weight, the price would increase. And the same with like cigarettes and things. And they could kind of opt in for that yep. service. Yeah, that's interesting. So a really tailored and unique shopping experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, we've almost done a full circle there because I think that's a good use case for yeah. for technology adding value in the retail retail environment. And that's that's also the use case of well, the technology is not there implemented in yeah. stores now, but once it is, then I mean, once we start. Once the Amazon Amazon stores Amazon Go yeah. Amazon Go yeah not too far away which yeah. yeah we'll probably start seeing like personalized stuff around around that point yeah. uh, on that point as well Sainsbury's are trying out a similar um, scheme to Amazon Go where you can scan your items in store on your phone and then leave without actually having the transaction of paying um, and it automatically charges you once it detects you're outside the store. But the feedback from the first trial was that people were too scared to leave the store because they <laughs> were too scared of walking out without paying. Um, so what they actually did was add a placebo button. So as you leave, you have to whack this button. It doesn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> but it just like g- goes green after a while and says like you've paid, thanks. And then interesting. Yeah. That is very interesting. Do you just pull that out now? Uh, word of mouth. Uh, word of mouth. Nice. Insider's knowledge. Nice. I like it. Probably nice. private. So. Don't tell anyone, I told you. Podcast exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so do you think... Well, I mean, we're, we're focusing now on like supermarkets. Mm-hmm. We looked at high street stores before, but really... I mean, for, for high street stores like clothes and things like that, I'm not too sure on use cases. Yeah, and it's kind of... We'll probably see a shift in uh, that experience there. And as I said, the word experience, a lot of kind of flagship flagship stores um, in kind of like the the busy areas of London are focusing less on transactions mm. and kind of like stacking up products to sell, mm. focusing more on kind of shopping experiences to go in. You know, another stat from the other week, Burberry, the luxury, luxury clothing spend 60% of their ad uh, marketing budget on storytelling. So it kind of goes to to show that a lot of these brands are focusing less on transacting products and, mm. and getting people into the store to sell, and more on making it a an experience for the user. Interesting, interesting stuff. Cool. So on that that fact, uh, we'll end in uh, the bite number three. Number three there. Yep. So thanks for tuning in. Yep. Uh, what are we talking about next time? Maybe some IR stuff. Maybe. You'll have to tune in and find out. Suspense is real.